You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. Well, happy Sunday. Welcome to Austin Christian Fellowship. Y'all good? No, no, that was pathetic. Y'all good? Y'all doing all right? Welcome. My name is Chris Tapkin, and I'm the prayer pastor at ACF. So we are thrilled that you guys are here today. So, can, can, by the way, worship team, y'all wrecked me right there. Can we just, I am wrecked. I mean, that was such a beautiful time. What a sweet offering to the Lord. Um, so, way to go, worship team. We're, we're so grateful week in and week out, aren't we, ACF, to have a worship team that leads us into God's presence every single week. They're so anointed and so talented. What a gift we have, church, with our worship team. So if you need um, more information about ACF, if you want to get connected more at ACF, if you have prayer requests, if you want to get into a small group, whatever your needs are or information, remember those... Um, Cards that we used to fill out if you've been going to church a long time. Remember those? You'd fill something out and you'd hand it in. Okay, we're, we now have electronic ones. Yes, we've arrived to Austin Christian Fellowship. So you can text the word ACF Connect, all one word, ACF Connect. Grab a picture of the screen if you need to, to 512-866-9908. 512-866-9908. And we will get back to you this week. We'd love to. Um, get you more involved. Um, we say it every week from the pulpit, you need a church, I need a church, we'd love to be your church. Um, ACF is a great church. It's not perfect. Um, if you're looking for a perfect church, good luck. Um, and if you go into one, you'll make it unperfect. Uh, but we're a great church and we're serious about the kingdom of God and what we're trying to do here and usher in revival in Austin, Texas. Amen? Um, We have a lot of new people coming to ACF, which is great. And we get asked, how can I give to ACF? Um, Here's another screen. You can give all the ways that you can give to ACF. If you call Austin Christian Fellowship your church home, we hope that you give and discover the joy that is giving because it really is a joy. By the way, church family, can I speak to you for a second? We're in summertime, yeah? Look at all these Pine Cove kids that are serving this week. Yeah. Here we go. As you can tell, ministry doesn't slow down in the summertime at ACF. It ramps up. So here's your nudge. Stay faithful with your giving. Would you please do that? Stay faithful with your tithes. Even pray on giving more because we get to bless people. Um, Think of all these kids and families that are gonna end up on this property that these guys are gonna be used for. Lots of life change this week at Austin Christian Fellowship and it can't happen without you all giving. By the way, real quick, um, if you don't know the call on the house, we have a call called the Cornelius Call which is to be a house of prayer and a house of generosity, yeah? That's our assignment, ACF, to be praying radically generous church. And we can't be a radically generous church without radically generous people. So our goal at ACF is to give away 50% that comes in to missions in Austin and around the world. Isn't that amazing assignment we've been given? Yes. 
stay faithful with your giving because as soon as the money comes in, we want to write checks to bless people that are waiting for it this summer. Amen? All right, so we're in a series called How To. So all summer long, we're going to get really practical on how to. How to, we were answering the questions that you all had as a conversation a few weeks ago. This whole summer, we're gonna answer those questions. If you missed last week's message, oh, you need to do yourself a favor. Our senior pastor, he messed me up with last week's message. I've been, I've been praying on that all week long when he talked about how to respond in a culture of crisis. So here, grab a notebook and start filling it up all summer on all this rich stuff on how to do ministry, how to advance your Christian walk, starting with last week's message. Next week in the How To series, Pastor Jason Gordon, he's gonna be up here. Yeah, you get, go to Amazon this week, buy a seatbelt, you're gonna need it because he's gonna talk about how to raise a kingdom-minded child in a culture that isn't. Relevant? Huh? Maybe, sorta? Can't wait for that. Jason's gonna bless you next week, so show up and, and, and you'll walk away with some real tools. This week, here's my assignment. I'm so grateful you all asked this question. It tells me a lot about our congregation. Here's what you all asked. How to develop a praying household. I wanna help with that. How to develop a praying household. And the scripture we're gonna be in is Luke 11. So if you have a copy of scripture, you can go there. But, but first, will you join me in praying? So Lord, here we are, desperate for you. What, what a rich question this congregation asked. How to develop a praying household, God. That moves your heart. So God, I just ask that you would use me in this remaining time that we have that you would just empty me of myself. I don't want a single word from me, God. There's no power in that. So I pray a fresh anointing on me, God. Because it's from that where life change can happen. It's from that where transformation can happen, God. So I humble myself, find me desperate, God. I mean, we've been talking about this all week, God. I need you now. Call the time holy and blessed, all for your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. Um, prior to Luke 11 is Luke 10. I'm sharp like that. Luke 10 and Luke 11 are so rich. Past the sermon this week, I want you to go mine Luke 10 and Luke 11. That's your homework this week. So Luke 10, by the way, Luke was a physician, Gentile physician. He gave very accurate notes. He was very detailed in his accounts. And this is where we're reading from today. Luke 10 is the scene with Mary and Martha. Y'all are familiar with that, correct? All right, Mary's serving, or I'm sorry, Martha's serving. Mary's doing what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, yeah? Luke 10 
ends with, but one thing is necessary, for Mary has chosen the good part which shall not be taken away from her. Interesting, Luke then transitions into Luke 11 with our scripture that we wanna look at today. Keep that in your mind, one thing. Got that? Jesus said that. One thing is necessary, and Mary got it right. What's the one thing? Luke 11. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I gotta tell you the answer. We're gonna talk about it later, but I just gotta get this out. Ready? Unhurried time with God. Okay? If you don't take anything else from this message today, how to develop a praying household, unhurried time with God. Okay, that's the one thing, that's the key. Jesus gave us the answer, one thing, and Mary got it right. Let's go to Luke 11, all right. If you can't tell, I'm a little fired up about this topic of prayer, and I've got like two months worth of message that I gotta get out in the next uh, like 30 minutes. So hang on, buck, we're gonna cruise, okay, here we go. It happened while Jesus was praying in a certain place. Everyone say, hmm. After he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Let's talk about how to develop a praying household. But before I get into the practical, let's talk about the theological for a second if we can. What is prayer? What even... What even is that? We hear that word in church circles all the time. We hear it in faith, what, pray. Well, what is it? What is prayer? Here's my definition. Prayer is communication based on a relationship with a God that loves you more than you'll ever know. Can I say that again? What is prayer? Prayer is communication. It's active, it's speaking, it's listening, it's contemplative. It's so many different elements than what we think is prayer, which is, here's my Amazon shopping list, God, we'll see you tomorrow. There's so much more. It's communication based on a relationship. We can't miss this, friends. This is a relationship, this is not a religious exercise. It's based on a relationship with who? With a God that loves you more than you'll ever know. Doesn't that change everything when we think about prayer that way? More than a to-do list or something because I'm a Christian, I should do this. No, it is so much more. Look at the life of Jesus. It happened while Jesus was praying in a certain place. His disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Think about these disciples, rough and tough dudes, uneducated, unsophisticated, handpicked by Jesus, but rough, ordinary, simple dudes. Now think about these guys. Think about what they experienced through, through the years of ministry with Jesus, 
the three years of ministry that think about what they got to experience. They saw dead people being raised. Pretty cool. They saw Jesus get words of knowledge that he would have no other way of knowing but through revelation from the Father. Things like, yeah, I know that's not your husband. You've had five of them before, right? They experienced demons being moved out of people. They saw Jesus teach hundreds of times life-transforming messages. Think about these guys. You were there with me? Listen, things that make you say, hmm, but yet these guys asked for one thing. They said, Jesus, we want your prayer life. Isn't that interesting? See, that fascinates me. They didn't say, Jesus, teach us to preach. Jesus, teach us how you cast out that demon. Jesus, how did you heal that cancer, that sick person? Teach us how to do that. They did not ask for that. They asked for one and one thing only. And they said, Jesus, we want your prayer life. Church, friends, we've got to understand the significance of prayer and what it is and what it does. Because those disciples understood all of Jesus' ministry came from that certain place of prayer that we read about in Luke 1. All the power, all the authority, all the anointing came out of where? His place of prayer. I need you to think about this. The greatest person that ever lived was defined by a life of prayer. What does that say for you and I? What does that tell us to you and I and about where prayer should be in our lives and in our households? Let's get our priorities straight, church. Let's have praying households. Praying households defined as you got kids, you're single, you got roommates, pine covers, y'all are part of this, okay? Every single one of you in the room today and online is part of this and needs to have a praying household. Prayer changes everything. Why? Because God himself is in the hands of praying households. That's why. God Almighty moves and answers prayer. That's just the bottom line. So what are our limits, praying households? What's possible? What, what, what are we talking about here? The only limit to a praying household is God's answers to his promises. Well, what's that mean? Can I just share with you some promises from scripture? Because this is what's possible for you, Austin Christian Fellowship praying households. This is the potential, is God's promises for you when you start to pray, when you have a praying household. Here's what he says, straight out of scripture. You ready? That was underwhelming. Are you ready? Yes. Thank you, online, shout out to you. 
Here's some promises straight from scripture for a praying household. He will give strength to the weary. He'll give you rest. His love never fails. He's redeemed you. He's adopted you. The Lord will fight for you. God gives wisdom to those who ask. The devil will flee from you if you resist. He forgives you when you confess your sins. This is when you say, this is good stuff, yes and amen. He will exalt the humble. He'll never forsake you. He gives you eternal life. He sets you free. He meets all your needs. Call on him and he'll answer. He'll give you the desires of your heart. All things, say that, all things. All things, households, work for those who love God. He'll make your path straight and he's coming again soon. Amen. Great, God has great use for a praying household. And you can be one. But prayer cannot be a side thing. It's gotta be the main thing. Prayer is the CEO work of heaven. You wanna be a CEO in the heavenly realms? Be a person in a household that prays. These very simple average men asked Jesus for his prayer life. They learned to pray and they made the prayer the priority in their life. And look what happened when they prayed Buildings shook. When they prayed, chains fell off in prison. When they prayed, the very shadows of their handkerchiefs healed the sick. When they prayed, these men received revelation that changed culture. When they prayed, these men, these men think, because of prayer, these men prayed for the very people that tortured them to death. See, prayer is never cheap or easy. I need to tell you that. As a pastor here, I've got to tell you that. Prayer is never cheap and it's never easy. It just doesn't get beamed down from heaven. It's learned. It's devoted. It's a commitment. So, here's what's possible for you, Austin Christian Fellowship Praying Households. That's what happened to the disciples. Here's what's possible in your household. Yes, every single one of your households. If you make prayer the priority. Marriages are healthy and thriving together. If you do that one thing, praying households, husband and wives, you pray with each other, statistically, it's very hard to get divorced by one thing. Husbands and wives that pray together. That's possible. Praying households, the Holy Spirit rests upon those households with joy and peace. Who needs a little of that in our world today? Individuals, family, and friends, life transformation happens when a household prays. 
There's genuine unity in a household that prays. Kids honoring mom and dad, not perfect. Exhibit, Tapkin household. But there's unity. Parents calling the gold out of kids happen in a praying household. Glorious, spirit-filled encounters in dorm rooms, schools, neighborhoods, apartments, roommates that serve one another happens in praying households. Radical generosity in households that pray where blessed people get to bless others. Praying households also, there's eternal rewards and a spiritual legacy that you leave behind that will outlast your life. How about that list? Who doesn't want to be part of something like that? The church said, amen. Amen. So all of this can happen. We're going to get real practical in a second, but I've got to lay the foundation of what the priority that is prayer. Can we just talk real for a second? Well, even if you said no, we're going to anyway. As Pastor Will shared, our culture in crisis. I want you to think of your neighborhood. I want you to think of your subdivision. I'm thinking of where you live. Look at the condition of our culture. Look at the condition of our neighbors. No bueno. It's not good. A lot of hurting people right now. A lot of hurting households. And here's the real talk. I'm just going to throw a blanket statement out there, okay? This is not India, just a blanket statement, Can I, as I see as a pastor. In America, households are largely powerless because households are largely prayerless. That's just real talk. But can I share your potential, our potential? ACF households are full of God's power because ACF households are full of prayer. I'm talking about things that change your block. I'm talking about things that change your neighborhood. I'm talking about Steiner Ranch being changed and River Place being changed and Lakeway being changed and Cedar Park being changed. This is what's possible when we pray. Here's God's economy. Here's how he works. No prayer, no power. Little prayer, poquito prayer, poquito power. Lots of prayer, lots of power. That's the way his kingdom works. You need to understand this. Then we're gonna get practical. When you have everything But prayer, you really have nothing. But when you have nothing but prayer, you really have everything. And your household can have everything through the power of prayer. The ground is hard, church. The culture's in crisis, church. It's time for praying households. The ground is hard, church. 
It's time to sow in some tears into the land, into the neighborhoods. We need to break up the hard ground. And how do we do that? By prayer. So, I know you're thinking, how am I gonna do all this? Like, Chris, do you, if you saw my life, and you want me to start praying now, and praying for my household, praying for my neighborhood, unhurried time with God, all the, Chris, if you saw my life, how do I, how do, I do this? I can't get done what I need to now. I got kids and commitments and work and all these things. How do I even get this done? Can I share you, with you a story about a, a woman that was raised, she's bo- actually born in 1669 and she died in 1742. This lady was extremely poor. She married a penniless pastor and she suffered greatly. She lost nine children. Ten survived. She had 19 kids. But lost nine children. Her house burnt down twice. Her husband, pastor, was imprisoned twice. She had nothing but yet she had everything because she was a woman of prayer. She took matters in her own hands and she said, I'm gonna teach my children, all 10 of them, how to pray. And prayer is gonna be the priority in this household. Not a side thing, but the primary thing. We're gonna be a house of prayer. So she led the charge. And she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed for her kids. And pretty soon, the neighbors got wind of what was going on and came to her house for prayer. How does one survive losing nine kids? How does one survive the trauma of a dysfunctional marriage? How does one survive and remain faithful and not broken and not bitter. Well, she understood the power that is prayer and she had a household that prayed. Pretty soon, her prayer ministry had 200 people coming. She had no set place to play. She had no room. So where was her place of prayer? It was under her apron. When she came to those desperate moments, which was all day, every day, she'd simply take her apron and pull it over her head. When she did that, the kids knew, don't, don't mess with mom right now. Mom's praying. 
Mom's interceding. Mom's contending. It's under her apron where she cried out and mourned for those lost babies. It's under her apron where she interceded for her husband and her marriage. It's under her apron where she prayed for each of her children by name every single day. Simple, real, powerful mama bear prayers whispered and cried out underneath an apron, that ready for this, changed the world. This lady, poor, so much loss in her life, so much trauma, but yet had everything through prayer, was not called to make disciples in a distant nation. No, she was called to make disciples in her home. And she did it through prayer. Her name was Susanna Wesley. One of her sons that she prayed for was Charles Wesley. That is arguably the blessed hymn writer that's ever walked this planet that wrote over 6,500 hymns. Many that you sing at Christmas time that you know. Her other son, prayed for by name in a praying household, was John Wesley, who was the founder of the Methodist Church. Do you get this, church? Do you see what God can do with prayer? Today, today, because of a household of prayer and a mama that took prayer as the priority, 80 million Methodists will gather in 130 countries today. That's what happens when a household prays. Now to the practical. You got my attention, Chris. How do we do this? What, give me some practical tips. I'm glad you asked. Number one, feel the need. The first thing is we have to understand how desperate we are. We have to understand how helpless we really are. Here's a great saying, get a tattoo, put it in your Bibles, write it down, I don't, put it in your phone. I'm needy, God is worthy. That's a super way to start developing a household prayer is understand the need, feel the need for prayer. Here's the enemy of prayer in 2022. You ready? Self-sufficiency. It's an enemy of our prayer life is self-sufficiency. I got it all together. Got a credit card in my wallet. Everything's seemingly good. God, I'll, when I need you, be over here. Be on call, please. That's the enemy of a prayer life. We have to understand just how desperate we are. And oh, by the way, I think the Lord is getting our attention with a culture in crisis, yeah? Am I the only one that feels kind of helpless right now? Am I the only one that feels kind of desperate right now? The world's spinning. 
We're seeing unprecedented things. We can't miss this opportunity, guys. We cannot miss it. We gotta release the self-sufficiency and the first part to developing a praying household is to know the need. God, I need you. I'm desperate for you. You've got to show up, God. I'm humbling myself. I'm laying down, God, my self-sufficiency. First part is you gotta feel the need. If you don't feel the need, you're not gonna pray. The second practical thing, oh, when I heard this, you guys, it changed everything. Changed everything for me. Ready? If I learned this, Pine Cove, at your age, oh my gosh. This is gonna bless you. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. You wanna learn how to develop a praying household, that's it. Keep it simple. Don't make prayer complicated. It's communication based on a relationship with a God that loves you more than you'll ever know. Keep it simple. You don't need a lot of thys in there, all that, no, simple. Which leads this up, real, keep it real. Talk real with God. He knows everything going on in your life anyway. Just keep it real with him. Share your pains. Share your dreams. Share your desire. Share with him, church. Real talk. And then the third is keep it up. That's why God said, pray without ceasing. Never stop praying. Keep contending. Don't stop. So maybe you're in a household, we used to pray together, start again. And don't stop. God will honor your heart for prayer and your heart for a praying household, but you gotta do the work. It doesn't come cheap or easy. So keep it up, don't stop. Keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. Number three, make space. Unhurried time with God. A praying house, it it's just takes time. Why? Because it's based on a relationship, and relationships take time. So can I tell you the greatest wrestling match you're gonna have as you wanna develop and start a praying household? You all ready for this? The greatest wrestling match you're gonna have is a wrestling match with your calendar. You gotta fight. You're in a fight when you want a praying household. I need to tell you, you're in a fight. It won't just come easy. You've gotta schedule it, you gotta protect it. As things get louder on the outside, we need to get quieter on the inside. In times of shaking, we remain confident and steadfast in the faithfulness and the goodness of God. How do we do that? Unhurried time with him. That's how we do it. The deep roots of intimacy with the Lord, you and your family, your spouses, roommates, whoever's in your household, that's how you do it. And the last thing is practice, practice, practice. 
I learned how to pray out of desperation. I learned how to pray because I was absolutely desperate and had no plan B. That got me to prayer. But what sustained me through prayer is practice, practice, practice. Just, you learn to pray by praying. I've led hundreds of prayer meetings, hundreds of them. And I've come to this conclusion. 99% of it is just saying yes and showing up. I don't want to pray every day, but I know, Chris, get over your bad self and pray. Show up. And God does amazing things when you just show up and practice. So, take a picture of this email address, prayer at acfellowship.org, or memorize it or put it in your contacts. We're here to help you develop a praying household. We're here to serve you. We're here to be your encouragers. We're here to pray for you. So this is your go-to email address for everything prayer. If you have prayer requests, send it. We'll, our team will pray for you. If you, hey, Chris, I wanna, can you give me an example how to pray for my marriage? We'll send you a template. Or Chris, how do we pray for our children? Julie will send that. Our students, Chris, will send, how, do we, how do we pray for our culture today, Chris? You, we'll send it to you. Use that resource, prayer at acfellowship.org. Chris, I wanna learn more about prayer. We're here to serve you. That's your go-to, yes? Prayer at acfellowship.org. Feel the need, keep it simple, keep it real, keep it up. Carve out the time. You gotta make it a priority. Your greatest wrestling match will be your schedule. Unhurried time with God, make that the priority, and then just do it. Just pray. And watch what will happen in your household. Watch what will happen in our community. Watch what will happen in our city when we pray. So this whole time, I've been wondering about you. See, there's no more impacting life than a life dedicated to prayer. And this is not for just a few people. This is for us all, because we all can pray. I've been wondering about you, church. A life of prayer can change a house. Susanna Wesley. A house of prayer can change a subdivision and a neighborhood. Praying households can change a city. And a changed city can change the world. What about you? The most powerful thing those disciples said was, Lord, teach us to pray. I wanna suggest it's the most powerful thing that you can say, other than I give my life to the Lord Jesus, the most powerful thing you can say is what they asked for. Jesus, will you teach me to pray?
the invitation's yours. The invitation's sent. Now, what's your response? So we're gonna move into a time of response where we give the Holy Spirit time to move and room. David, help me out. You wanna join the disciples saying, Lord, teach me to pray. Holy Spirit, you're pinging me right now. Teach me to pray. I want that for my household. I wanna be that praying person. To be that instrument in God's hands that he can use to change, to change the world. So, if that's you, I want you to come forward. I don't know how all this works, I just know it works when we respond, God moves. So I wanna give you an opportunity, I can't miss this, to let God move on your hearts right now. And maybe, that's uncomfortable, Chris, that's okay. I've never done that before, that's okay. If you're feeling that, I want to join with what those guys asked for. Lord, teach me to pray. I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to come forward. Don't worry about it, just come forward. Pine Covers, this is for you too, your guests here, come forward. Come on. Respond to the Lord. There you go. Come on. Don't miss an opportunity. Don't, do not miss an opportunity. I'm not looking for emotionalism or anything like that. I just want God to do business with us. If your heart is, teach me to pray. I want that. Couple more seconds if you're like, eh. Feeling your heart beating a little fast, that's for you. Just come forward. There we go. Way to go. Good job. Come on. Yep. 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 Way to go. Yeah, don't miss an opportunity. Great. Good job. All right. Let's pray. Oh, Spirit of God, fall afresh on this place right now. Look at this altar, God. Look at this response of people that are saying, Lord, teach me to pray. Fill them, God, with a life of prayer. That prayer would be the priority. That they'd have praying households, God. I bless them in the name of Jesus for the courage they showed today, saying, teach me to pray. God, you're worthy of a life of prayer. You're worthy, God, of households that pray. So fill them up full of prayer. Fill them up full of encouragement, God. They're watchmen on the wall. It's what our culture needs, is praying people and praying households. And here they are saying, I want that.
So God, honor that and move on that. These people want prayer, and you're going to do it. I declare it in the name of Jesus, all for your glory. And the church prayed. Amen. Amen. Can we give God a shout of praise for that? Yeah. So, what could our possible response to be but to go back to God's worthiness, yeah? We're needy, he's worthy. So this team is gonna lead us again as we sing, as we declare his worthiness over you. Households of prayer at ACF, you're on mission. And you got everything you need because you got prayer. Amen.